What's up, everybody? You're listening to Checking for Jesus, where I try to decode biblical principles from the random happenings in my life. I'm your host, Crystal Meanwhile, and every Wednesday, I'll tell you a story about something that made me say, Jesus, is that you? I promise you're going to laugh and learn at the same time. If we all get better at recognizing Jesus in the details of our lives, we become more sensitive to his presence and ultimately more inclined to do what he says. So, Crystal, meanwhile, what are we talking about today? What's up, everybody? Today, I'm going to talk about Jesus and the little T. Y'all might remember my oldest daughter is 19 now, but when she was four years old, I remember her response to a question I'd ask every day when I picked her up from daycare. I would ask her, what did you learn today? This one particular afternoon, early evening, around this time of year, she responded with, I learned about Jesus and the little T. And I was like, Jesus and the little T? Mm-hmm. I don't remember Jesus drinking no tea. Then after a moment, it dawned on me, not T as in T-E-A, <laughs> the little T, like the lowercase letter T, which is the way she described the cross. <laughs> I must have repeated that story at least 10 times. One, I was glad she could distinguish between big and little letters. Two, I can imagine in her innocence, as she was learning about Jesus and the cross, all she could see was the little letter T. (laughs) While this is totally acceptable from a child's perspective, it reminded me that even as adults, we sometimes see the world around us as children. What you mean, Cristal? Well, one of my favorite publications, Medium, published an article about the difference between perspective and perception. Sidebar, if you're a word nerd like I am, you love semantics. How do you know you're a word nerd? People describe you as being literal or they take great care to use the right words when talking to you because, again, you're a literal interpreter of words and meaning. Not that you will misinterpret a metaphor or an idiom, but knowing the definitions of those words and semantics puts you right up there in the word nerd game. Sidebar over. Here's how Medium, courtesy of Merriam-Webster, defines two words. Perspective. Perspective is the appearance of objects to the eye based on our position or location. It is also the way we see something in relation to something or everything else. It's the lens through which we see the world and determines how we view ourselves, others, and everything else around us. It is my point of view, your point of view, everybody's personal point of view. Perception. Perception is what we interpret, the ability to see, hear, become aware, or process something through the senses and interpret by way of experience. It is the meaning we assign to any given stimulus colored by our values, attitudes, and beliefs, whether developed over time or by way of a life-changing event. When we have beliefs about something, we use those beliefs to perceive meaning from any given situation. Perspective influences perception. How you know? Because changing your perspective or your point of view can change your perception. In other words, have you ever been in a disagreement with somebody wishing they would see things your way? Maybe you've heard someone say, don't judge me until you walk them out of my shoes. All sayings that speak to changing your perspective in hopes that your perception follows. So, Christelle, what are we talking about? In order to connect perception and perspective to Jesus and a little T... We got to go to the Bible. (laughs) All right. The Bible describes our natural progression in the faith in these three verses, all English standard translation. First Peter chapter two, verses two through three. 
like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. End of verse. Newborn babies live exclusively on milk for the first four months of their lives. The milk satisfies their hunger and meets the needs and demands of their growing body. Peter encourages us to do the same thing after accepting salvation. Feed on the word to develop your spiritual muscle. You need to log these experiences, attitudes, and beliefs in the brain to inform your perception, i.e. transform your mind. Second verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. But I, brothers, cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. End of verse. So Paul wrote a letter to the church at Corinth because he had got word that the believers were losing their way. Before you get all judgy. Because I've taken it out of its larger context, I need to tell you that Paul opens up the letter thanking the new believers, telling them that they were called by God, reminding them to preach the message of Christ and receive wisdom from God by way of the spirit right before the start of this verse. Paul reminds the saints that they are still infants in Christ's eyes, feeding on baby milk. Taken out of context, this can read as a rebuke, but in the letter, it is what I admonish most about Paul, his ability to view their actions in proper perspective, to perceive their losing their way as a result of their infancy in Christ, being young in the word, the way, and the life. And he responded with gentleness, encouragement, guidance, and resolution. Our last verse, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, all the way through chapter 6, verse 11. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment in the verse. While the author of Hebrews is undetermined, this text reinforces what Paul said in the previous verse about those who are living on milk being unskilled in righteousness. What you must know is the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish converts. Jews who now believe in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Why is that important? Because this verse opens up alluding to the fact that their hearing has become dull and that they should already know the basic principles of God by way of their knowledge of the Old Testament. The Jewish converts were having second thoughts about this new faith and considering turning back to their previous beliefs. So Hebrews was written to present Christ as God's full and final revelation, the fulfillment of the promises and prophecies threaded throughout the Old Testament, which they knew very well. So the author is imploring them to open their ears to receive and discern the truth of this word that will bridge what they know to what they are beginning to question to make it real to them. In other words, they about to get these steak and potatoes. 
What you want to take away is the idea that you won't be able to comprehend the increasingly complex character of God if you are satisfied with the most basic principles of our faith, resulting in a dull sense of hearing. Deaf is when you can't hear at all, but dull means you lack interest or excitement about the word. Your attitude about the word reflects your perspective of its relevance to your being. Put a pen right there while I sip my tea. Thus, T-E-A. That felt heavy the moment I wrote it out. The attitude about the word reflects your perspective of its relevance to who you are. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians also, but I'm a paraphrase using my own story. When you are a child, you speak as a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. So you say things like Jesus and the little T, and you refer to the cross as the little T. And you understand this leads to salvation because someone tells you. And we celebrate your childlike understanding of one of the most significant tenets of our faith. If you invest money in stocks and bonds over time, it matures into a larger sum than you initially deposited. In similar fashion, maturity in Christ is measured by the time you invest in reading and practicing the word. It has nothing to do with how old you are, the number of years you've been a church member, or the number of ministries you serve. All good and well, but it's no barometer to your maturity in Christ. A mature believer will put away childish words, thoughts, and ideas in submission to the word that has fed and strengthened their spirit so that their reactions to the ups and downs of life consistently reflect biblical principles. Feeding on God's word will change your perspective, the way you look at the world, at people, at circumstances. The comprehension and practice of God's word will change your perception, the way you are affected by what you see, hear, and touch in the world around you. You'll know you've had a change of perspective and perception when you take a little longer to respond. Uh When you listen more and talk less. When you no longer get frazzled during valley experiences. When you no longer see what you don't have and focus on what you do have. When you realize that the crucifixion of Jesus was not just about bearing the sins of the world. It was a single act that fulfilled over a hundred prophecies mentioned in the Old Testament. When you can grasp that, trust me, my friends, you're on your way to solid food. This week, and especially this weekend, when churches across the globe are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, check for Jesus more intentionally in that Bible. Find out at least 10 of the prophecies in the Old Testament fulfilled by the crucifixion that you didn't, you weren't aware of. Then share that good news with somebody else for the kingdom. Y'all checking for Jesus or not? I hope you all laughed and learned something today from this episode of Check It For Jesus. I want to hear about the random happenings in your life that's got you wondering, Jesus, is that you? Get in my DM on the gram at Checking For Jesus or visit CheckingForJesus.com. If you like this episode, show some love in the ratings, tap the subscribe button, and put some wings on my hashtag, Checking For Jesus. Thank you for pushing play, and until next time, keep check, 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 check it for Jesus.